What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Retro Encounter. As always, I am Josh Curry. With me is Mike Solosi. Hello, everybody. I'm really, really excited for this time. I can't even begin to fathom why you'd be so excited. Hopefully, just as maybe because we're going to talk about we're going to talk about one of the games that I played the most. Period. So yeah, let's, let's get on with it. Who else is here? With I feel bad now. Sorry, Chris. With us, Chris Grabar. <laughs> we, we were leading into a great introduction. And I was like, all right. No, no, no. I'm I'm just gonna be I'm just gonna be super rude. I was so ready. I was on point. I was gonna do a whole. No, 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 no. Give me give me your best decker right now. Come on, I want. So Mike loves interrupting people normally, and now he's stepped up from just interrupting the conversation of other people to interrupting their intros as well. Oh, guys, I'm having flash. Back to South Park. Heck, it's fun. Oh, man. Uh, They're already. Yay! It's Diablo 3, everybody. We're going to have yeah. some fun. Yeah. Stay while listen to me yammer about this game for two hours. Yeah, so fully expect, like, I don't know, there's like an 82% chance that Mike is the only one that talks the entire podcast. Um, exactly. 50-50 chance I fall asleep while we're recording this, because Mike talks about Diablo 3 for the 100th time with me. Um, but I don't know, I think it'll be fun. Um, so, Diablo 3's been out for a while, and it's one of those few games that things have actually changed. Um, when it came out, the early days of Diablo 3 are decently different. I think that's a nice way to put it. Um, Notoriously rough launch. Yeah. Um, so we're going to kind of talk about the early days a little bit, and then we'll move into the first three acts of the game. Um... And then obviously we'll, we'll wrap up, next podcast we'll wrap up the game and then cover all the extra content that has been released. So that's and, kind of the plan. Yeah, maybe discuss the future of Diablo 3 a little bit, because I think the future of D3 is a little uncertain long term, even Can though we, we know some call it D3? Diablo 3. It's like, it's so pretentious. Why, do you think it's like we're, we're talking about a three-sided dice? Like, I don't know. What do you like, think? Diablo is um, not that yeah. hard of a word to say. Like we don't need to. Right. I feel like we don't need to. Do a... We could be talking about Disgaea three. Or... I was saying more and more importantly, I'm just trying to conjure up the Mighty Ducks just or a little Destiny bit. Destiny three. Oh yeah, yeah. D is D three the one where Quack. they're where they're Quack. in college? Quack. Quack. No, that's D two. Oh no, it is D three because D two. They go. Yeah, they, the they go win the world championship, and then and go to college still... and can't do a good job. Like, what's the deal with that? I yeah, I still think it's so stupid. They win the world championship against Iceland instead of Canada or Russia. Right. Russia would have been the easiest villain ever. They, they, didn't, they, go with they didn't even do Sweden. It. Like it would at least make more We're sense at least if it was Sweden. Like yeah. I win. Like <laughs> Russia, Russia, Poland, Canada would have would have made more sense as a villain than Iceland. And like the population of Iceland is like less than half of New York City, right? I mean, come less on, than half then? Less than a borough. Yeah, Probably, you, under yeah. you understand that like Iceland is like three hundred thousand people, and two hundred thousand of them live in Reykjavik. Yeah, Reykjavik. And then there's a bunch of like <laughs> glacier glaciation yeah. and volcanism, and man, why is Iceland unfairly painted as semi-Nazi in that movie? That's stupid. More importantly, <laughs> yeah. I oh, right. about that. Oh, Knuckle pucks God. are not a real thing. <laughs> They someone that really grew cool up, in the movie. someone Watch. that grew up playing hockey, like literally not a thing. Yeah, you, you put it on its side and you took a shot and you were like, "Oh, I'm not gonna make the team if I keep doing this." Now they they had to have someone with some kind of trick special ability, like a I don't know, like a secret pitch in a baseball movie, I was that, say, that, which makes way less sense in hockey. <laughs> yeah. 
Same thing. Like, I created splitter slurve. It's like, can't do that in hockey. I'm sorry. Climb V. Doesn't work that way. Most likely going to be offsides. And not only offsides, <laughs> not going to have a defenseman hanging back. <laughs> kind of screwed for a breakaway. Uh, Don't worry about it. And also, hockey. like, again... Guy who does yeah. who does a, a low hit in the first second of the match gets thrown out of the whole game. But a guy who literally takes his stick, holds it over his head like an axe, and and like wrecks a guy's elbow just gets two minutes. Yeah, that seems that, fair. I that mm, checks out to mm, me. Really? Okay. Out of everything we talked about, that one makes the most sense. That one makes the most sense of the ones we've mentioned. All right, I'm I uh, hockey is not uh, my the, a sport I follow <laughs> as closely as as basketball or football, so I'll, I'll take your word on this one. Um. Yeah, so uh, that's why we're not oh, right. going to call it D3. We're yeah, going to exactly. call it Diablo so, 3. Okay. Okay, we're calling or it, Diablo. We're going to say Diablo or Diablo 3 so we don't confuse it with the Mighty Ducks. Got it. I, I, Diablo that, that's really honestly what I was worried about from the beginning. I'm happy Chris was able to point it out. <laughs> uh, yeah. You're welcome. Um, so, unlike <laughs> most episodes, uh, all three of us had already played and beaten the game before cover this one so no new opinions oh, yeah. but uh was everybody actually playing diablo when it first came out did everybody was it did everybody I get to experience stood, the auction house i stood in a line for the midnight release it's the last game i did that for was diablo 3 it was a few months before i got out of college and uh yeah that first night couldn't even get online because <laughs> the servers were so flooded well, so i had to wait 24 hours to even play blizzard games are yeah, but that was the first one that it was bad. Yeah. Like, StarCraft, I didn't have problems. StarCraft 2, I didn't have major problems like that. It was impossible to even play the game for 24 hours. Because you had to be online. And there was just no way to set itself up. It was awful. I was so upset that first week. I had so many issues. <laughs> now, I, um, I was not as on the ball as you guys. I didn't have a very good computer when it came out. I was already graduated from college, but I was, uh, you know, not very flush with money at the time, and I was saving up to build one. And by the time I built a desktop, I had heard a lot of crap about parts of the game, including the auction house, that made it sound like not the game I wanted. And yep. then, you know, right there you have Torchlight and Torchlight 2, sa- yeah. like, like uh, sating my thirst for more Diablo 2. So I... I w- even though I followed the release of Diablo 3 really closely and, and you know, just hung on to every single cha- um, main character reveal, uh, I did not play it when it first came out. But when I heard so many positive things about Reaper of Souls mm-hmm. and uh, and Loot 2.0, which I'm sure we're going to talk about, I... Coolest name, too, right? I, yeah, it was, it was a that great was name, great. A great name for it. Um, I jumped on shortly after there, started playing Diablo in, I guess, 2014, and... and I have put a lot of time into it. I really, really like Diablo three, or at least the the current version of Diablo three, not not necessarily the original. Yeah. So would for, it be safe to say that we all do? We all currently love the the way it is as of right now. Diablo three now is fantastic. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Just checking. Um, Just making sure. Yeah. That that was uh. So when we, I guess it was the three of us when we were doing the uh, uh guesses for what was going to be at BlizzCon. Right, mm-hmm. and we were all like, "Oh yeah, Diablo Four, I could see that happening." That was when all the news was swirling. There was there was legitimately a part of me that was kind of sad because I liked Diablo Three so much, and to see it kind of die, it was like, "Well, that's that's that's." I'm excited for something new. I'm excited for more, but it would be legitimately sad to have this go away because it it's still in such a healthy place. Well, yeah, rifts and everything 
else in terms of what they've done for Endgame and Paragon levels and well, all they, the, they it, it's just the so endless. And, yeah. Yep. Yeah, the, the seasons on PC and this the we can talk about that later. But seasons are coming to console in 2017 sometime. Yeah. And uh, just amazing. Oh. Yeah, and uh, uh, the the end the multiple. Uh, activities you have for end game content and the yeah. leaderboards being set up the way they are from uh for greater rifts and uh each the the amount of builds for every character that change every season because the of the changes they make every season there's a lot of good things about the Diablo 3 end game mm-hmm. but the the community was pretty upset about the uh the BlizzCon announcements because it wasn't because it wasn't big just, enough. It wasn't big enough. The um, the, the end game for Diablo three is good, and we'll talk about it more later. But it, it uh, it's got it's gotten a little stale since it hasn't changed enough in the eyes of some fans. And they, it's what been they, yeah, about a year, right? Since there's been any major overhaul, a year and a half. I would yeah. at least a year. Um, yeah. Because they uh, they started doing rifts for well over a year, but. Oh, yeah. uh, the stuff like the Kanai's cube mm-hmm. and the um, and the end game uh, uh, material hunting that happens in uh, most of Diablo three that has been I think that was summer of 2015 is when they rolled so that too. out sounds right yeah so but a little over a year because we got more, it a few months after you guys did. more important mm-hmm. to kind of this conversation is like everything that we've just been talking about for the last couple of minutes none of that was there when the game came out that launch no, yeah. no. and and that so the, so for me like I I've, I've talked about this before I. Like, when I went to a friend's house, I tried out Diablo and Diablo 2, but, like, it was one of those things, like, it didn't really strike me, like, you didn't have enough time to spend with it, so, like, whatever, I was not into PCs. Um, and so, for me, like, I entered this genre with Torchlight. Torchlight's fantastic, and then Torchlight 2 came out, huh, and I was okay. like, and so that was kind of, like, how I viewed these games, and Torchlight 2 was, like, both fantastic games, and I really, really enjoyed them. Um, and so you fast forward a little bit, and Diablo 3 comes out, super super hyped on my part like i'm ready to go with this and you start looking and i was like this this doesn't this doesn't line up like, it looks great like i like the mood and whatnot but yeah you, you could tell that the loot was kind of broken like there was nothing to do eventually like and and i should weird mention difficulty um, spikes torchlight one and two are made by a lot of the same staff that made diablo one and two yes and torchlight one like diablo one is a single town and a single dungeon where you just basically need to get to the bottom and you choose between three classes and torchlight two is a lot like diablo two where you travel across a countryside um chasing after one of the characters from the first game in uh in in order to you know quell a uh, a more world-threatening issue and it's Really, Torchlight 2 feels like Diablo 2. Torchlight 1 feels yes. like Diablo 1. They share a lot of the same staff. There's a mm-hmm. through line there. Yeah. And I think... and uh, we'll uh, Except for the I, bright, I, colorful art style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, which yes, turn and, off to some people. And a wolf yeah, carrier um, yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, having a... Well, yeah, yeah, Torchlight 2 has a pet that lets you carry extra inventory, which is brilliant. But Torchlight is uh, bright and colorful and steampunky. And Diablo mm-hmm. is much darker, much more Demonic, gothic. Demonic, dark fantasy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, dark fantasy, very gothic designs, lots mm-hmm. of angels and demons and undead yep and uh, and less super deformed than torchlight is which i and i and loved the aesthetic of diablo 3 um i really enjoyed that but i liked that i could make money with the auction house um oh <laughs> but everything I never, outside of that the auction house was a weird thing because when i finally started playing at launch uh you know a few days after well day after the failed midnight launch event for me but <laughs> 
like I didn't really get too involved in the auction house because I knew I wasn't probably going to be able to play enough to get anything of real value to sell off. I thought it was a a really interesting attempt at creating an in-house economy, but I was very unsurprised at how it kind of devolved and when Blizzard was like, oh my god, we gotta figure yeah. out how to fix this, I remember just thinking, isn't that exactly what you thought was gonna happen? Yeah, you know, maybe we should uh, go into this a little bit more detail, because the auction yeah. house right. doesn't, doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't exist anymore, it's gone. And, uh, um, and uh, it affected the the Diablo 3 economy in several ways, and, and truthfully, I've never played a version of this game that had the auction house in it, so uh, Josh, can you explain briefly what it is, uh, for my benefit as well as the listener benefit? It's World of War Warcraft auction house, both real money. Oh, okay. <laughs> you you could sell items that you got in Diablo three for real money. Yeah. Is that right? You yeah. did not say what he was asking you to say. <laughs> <laughs> I answered another way that you don't know, have experience with. Um, yeah, and I, I also haven't played WoW, so I don't I don't know what that means either. <laughs> yeah, I mean, essentially, I, I can't remember this part. I think you had an option to to do it in not real money too. But that that sounds that really that stupid. Up, uh, Why would you I do that? Um, yeah, so you, you basically you collected gear and you could just put it up there. And I, then it was removed from your inventory for a period of time until it was sold. Then it was on a time loop. And if it went past that time, it went back into your inventory. And basically, because there was, was a real lot of choices. Yeah. And they were taking a, a piece off the top. And like there's processing fees and whatnot. Um, and... It was really crappy because there wasn't a lot of items. Um, yep. And that. And it was before version two came out. Yeah, and when it closed. I actually am beyond that. I actually made money off of it, but I'm a I'm a, I'm a big fan <laughs> of the auction house. I, I thought it was a brilliant idea. Uh, I I enjoyed it in practice. Like coming from World of Warcraft, where they do have like the auction houses, it was a system that made sense to me. Uh, I I would never purchase anything from the auction house because I feel like it ruins the like the flow or experience of the game, or at least until you got to like super end content, then it's like I don't want to grind this out. Yeah, um, and that was the the complaint for most people was they felt it was taking the fun out of the game. But I also like so I'm a dad now. I have a job. Like I want to experience my games, and I just don't have spend, the time. Spend a couple yeah, spend a couple bucks to get some good. equipment That will save a lot of time for you as you as you run to level sixty. Right. So. As a that's college a kid or a high school kid where I have zero job or zero money, it's like, yeah, I'm going to roll through this. I'm going to try to gain this system, though I make some money, possibly. If not, though, I have hundreds of hours. I mean, think of all the terrible games you play as a kid. And you did it because you just had time. And you didn't know better. Mm-hmm. And, like, now that you're an adult, you're like, no, I'm not. I, not I, wasting I, my time? Because you're, like, in the back of your head, and you're like, so at my work, I get paid this number of dollars an hour. So if I think about that, like, I know I'm not working, <laughs> but I could be making this number. So if I were to spend three hours grinding, really, it's like this number. And it's like, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that. Um, you would rather spend a couple bucks yeah. than grind five hours for specific items. Yeah, and say thank you, whoever. Right. Secret Assassin yep. 327, like, thank you for giving me this crazy loot. Um, yeah, and so I, I never had a problem with it. I, I feel like going into an individual, if they're going to purchase something, understands how that affects their experience. If they go through and they buy all the top-end gear and then start the game, it's like, yeah, it's... it's, it's You kind of yeah. ruined it for yourself. But So I I never got that complaint. I th- I think fundamentally the, the biggest issue with the auction house was Loot 2.0 wasn't there. 
Yep, and I was about to say that is that they didn't have they had a terrible loot algorithm in place at launch. I remember on my first playthrough with a barbarian, uh, I mean, you topped out at the end of Act Four, just hitting level thirty, about maybe even a couple levels short on a standard playthrough. Uh, whereas now on a regular playthrough f- through five acts, on you know one difficulty above standard, you'll pretty much hit seventy guaranteed almost every time. So oh, yeah. it's, it's, in that it's sense, it shifted so much in terms of how you progressed. And I remember getting one legendary item. Yeah, it was so bad. My first run. <laughs> it was... Played as a barbarian, and I remember starting up on, on the next difficulty setting immediately and within just a quest. I hadn't even gotten to Adria's hut in the first act again. I was like, you know what? Screw this. This game is not rewarding me for this time. <laughs> Right. You know, said there's no point. And so I'm, I'm going to go in, into the difficulty settings briefly because I think that affects. That's a major difference from old Diablo three to current Diablo three. Uh, uh, before you do that, that's what I was going to say too. Is beyond loop point to, uh, point out the other big issue was you as you stepped up in the difficulties, it was ginormous it spikes. Oh and yeah. So that's yeah. where yeah. people also felt like they were being forced to pay to progress. Yeah, um, you didn't have. You felt like you were never getting good equipment. So with the auction house, that became the complaint was it felt like for the for the many people who, to Josh's comment before, weren't able to put in the endless hours, it almost felt like a requirement. That was the complaint that was always yeah. going around, like that you had to go to the auction house to get something yeah. to so, then progress, Yeah, which like, is, to your point, now with Loot, loot 2.0, hypothetically, they could bring it back and it would be very different. And I right. think it would be much more of the happy free market that kind of wanted it to be yeah since right. the, but, they fixed both the difficulty and also the loop but mike why don't you loop. explain yeah. the changes sure so um in old diablo 3 it was a lot like diablo 2 there was three main difficulties and uh the level cap was 60 before the expansion i should mention just and, like standard nightmare hell right that was it yeah yeah exactly. yep. um, normal nightmare <laughs> than hell and basically and just estimating you would probably get from level 1 to 30 in normal then 30 mm-hmm. to 50 in nightmare then 50 through 60 in hell and yep. uh and after that, they added the, a fourth difficulty that was exclusive to old Diablo 3 called Inferno, where basically you would die instantly unless you were level 60 and had top-tier equipment yeah. from Hell Mode. And that and people were upset with Inferno because some, some build – you needed extremely specific builds just to survive for certain seconds. It uh, the, uh, the class balance was called into question because certain classes did way better than others – based uh, in Inferno, that people did not like Inferno running in Diablo 3. And another thing that uh, I, I think you didn't mention, or none of us mentioned, uh, about a problem with the auction house is that people care about those Diablo 3 leaderboards. And yeah. the idea of someone being able to progress in leaderboards by buying equipment rather than working for it was very problematic to some people. And I, I wasn't part of this uh, discussion at all since I wasn't playing Diablo 3 at the time. Yeah, I always forget about but, that because I don't care about the leaderboards for this. Yeah, yeah, leaderboards are—they're sort of fun to follow because uh, I mean, I mean, in the modern age of gaming that we're in, you can go and look at the leaderboards, look at the top couple guys, either by class or overall, or um, groups of four versus solos, and then you can probably find that person's Twitch channel or YouTube channel right. and see how the best people do it, and it's it, that's super cool. But any, anyway, um, so but. Uh, 
Dia- difficulty in old Diablo 3 was pretty linear, and you would basically export and start over again from a new difficulty once you finished the previous one. And that's how that's how uh, Torchlight 2 does it as well, and how Diablo 2 did it. But now, now there is a uh, a meter with, I'm, I'm not sure what the exact number is, but maybe 20 difficulty set- settings? It's a lot. Yeah, it, it's... Because um, there's like there's normal of uh, Inferno, isn't it? No, but it's, Inferno's not around anymore. Or now it's um, it's it's called Torment. Torment now. Yeah. Torment. Now it's it's more than eight. I think it's no, yeah. there's no, it's normal, hard, expert, master are the regular ones. And then uh, once you once you yeah, and then once you get to level sixty for the first time with any character, you can unlock Torment. And there's Torment. I think it's one through thirteen. I believe it's thirteen Torments, but there might be more now. I'm not I'm not certain. Um, the character I'm running now is on is uh, messing around on Torment four or five mostly. Because uh, much higher than that, I can still win. I can still win, but it takes a way, way longer time to do it. And uh, and with every level of torment, once you get to torment, there's uh, your there's um, gems and items that drop that don't drop at lower level, lower difficulty settings. And with every new torment level, enemies get much stronger. But also, the drop rate for legendary items and set items increases by about fifteen to twenty percent with each level of torment. So, difficulty in Diablo 3 is now... torment levels, by the it's, way. It, okay, it's 13. So, 13 plus 4 or 5 is 17 or 18 tor- uh, difficulty levels. You can set them however you want. It's really just playing a guessing game between how easy you want to make the game, how quickly you want to be able to clear enemies, and then balancing that with the uh, difficulty and the rewards for higher difficulty levels. And having a difficulty slider like this lets you... Let's People play Diablo 3 at exactly the pace they want. If you want to just cruise through the game, you can just do the whole game on normal, and that's fine. Yeah, it's all, and yeah, you're if fine. You get, if you want to get, you know, challenge yourself and get better legendary items as the result, then ratchet it up. It's it's great. And when I was and I played this, um, I played a new character from scratch for this podcast, and you know, it was it was fun. You know, going through the difficulties. I started out on hard, which is the second lowest so and then once i got a couple pieces of equipment i got up to master and then you know just keep playing keep playing get better equipment when master starts feeling too easy went to torment one and then i just slowly climbed them as i got more and more comfortable and got better and better equipment with the uh character i was using and the play style i was using it's did, that did you felt do hardcore great. i did not do hardcore <sighs> i know i was i was just Hardcore Don't, is stressful. I didn't want to it have is. a stressful it's run. So that's what makes it. I saw in every video game, like if you, like if there's an option that a character can die and just disappear, I turn that off. So you played XCOM 2 on Iron Man, is what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. Exact opposite. <laughs> um, yeah, so like that 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 doesn't work in my mind like that. <laughs> so because then if it like I would need a game to literally like erase all my previous saves too because then I would just go back and play from a previous save and you do all the saves coming in and whatnot and it's like at that point it's like this is no longer enjoyable. Um, but for some reason hardcore mode in Diablo three like it works in my head. Like, I really enjoy that. I, I I understand the value of permadeath. I just did not need permadeath in my life this time. Fair yeah, enough. I. I it's weird. I, I I did my hardcore run for this game, my first one and the only one, uh, about almost half a year ago now, and I had a lot of fun doing it. But they, because of what we were just talking about with all the difficulty slider stuff, and you can't tweak as much in hardcore. They don't let you bounce back and forth. You can only bump up one or bump down one difficulty level from whatever you start with. So they kind of tailor it so you can't be as crazy. But 
I just it doesn't it to me hardcore in Diablo three isn't as brutal. It's really like easy, there's you know? no difficulty spike. Mm-hmm. Like and, I remember in Diablo two was always if you can get past Duriel, then you you're gonna be okay. Duriel is the act two boss of Diablo two, which has which has five acts. And yes. man, he is an M effer. Yes, he is a weird Moses. obscene spike. And unless you were amazing with town portal scumming and all the rest of it, you were going to usually get destroyed. And unless you, you overgrind it on hardcore. And um, he specifically punished uh, glass cannon builds. If you had a super tanky barbarian or crusader, you could probably you might even be able to handle Duriel the first time you meet him. But but because he is basically just a super armored, uh, annoying aura, charge you immediately and just and just whack you kind of boss, um, he is a lot of the time a five second death if you aren't expecting him and you're using a, a ranged class or a magic class. Yeah. So, the, so so there isn't that spike this time around yes there's there's nothing like a duriel in diablo 3 unless you um set the difficulty level one or two slots not just too high and then you run into a very difficult like two elite packs in a row or something yeah. then some th- guy th- giving out charge lightning <laughs> yeah that's when you'll get a surprise death like someone with like a arcane oh, and something yeah, else ar- like arcane and, and prisoner or something Ugh. yeah that'll mess you up yeah arcane oh. jail you're just stuck yeah, j- jailer <laughs> that's it right it, it's uh, I think in prison is the status jailer is the yeah. is the term yeah, but that's the worst especially if those if they set off one of those things right on top of you in the jail that's happened mm-hmm. to me mm, just dreams just dreams yeah <laughs> and we should maybe mention for any listeners like I don't know if any listeners aren't familiar with Diablo and are would be listening to this episode but uh in in the Diablo games it's you're fighting a lot of demons and undead and monsters uh, as one of six classes and um. The monsters have all kinds of different effects and uh, and traits to them, but if you run into – there's three types called champions, elites, and uniques, which are basically souped up like mini-boss versions of regular monsters that can have a number of uh, semi-random affixes to them. And some of the affixes – like one of them is molten where they will just be uh, – throwing fireball, extra fireballs at you to, in addition to whatever that monster does. One's called Arcane, where they send these spinning magic traps around the battlefield as you as you d- deal with them, and Arcane can be a pain in the rear. And Jailer is yep. one where they will be able to fix you in place, unable to... With these little able, tiny walls. It's all Yeah, with these little... T- t- yeah, it's, and, uh, and sometimes they'll summon walls um, just, to, just to lock you in. Yeah, Leaps, weirdly... Jailer. Elite. What's that called when they when they? I think it is make... just Waller actually. Like, Waller, it's just yeah, Waller. yeah. Waller and Jailer are separate, but they're they're both awful. And Anything what he's talking about, like, Mike puts you in a place that you can't move. Those elites and corpse captains are just the worst, because for whatever reason now, with the difficulty that we, in terms of how the game progresses, I feel like a lot of the act bosses are they can be difficult, but they're manageable. Whereas the randomization mm. of the, those elites and their squads, especially if you hit two in the same dungeon on the second floor kind of thing, I yeah. mean, you just get – you can get destroyed and hosed because they're the right kind of debuffs against your current build and all the rest of it. It can just be so circumstantial and yet Chris, devastating. Chris is absolutely right. It's um the act bosses, which are – you know there's five acts in Diablo 3 and there's a boss at the end of each one, have set patterns – and their moves are often telegraphed pretty well, yeah. so that like you can 
figure out what they're doing and strategize around it. The, the final boss of the game, Malfail, is probably the hardest of the act bosses, but even yes. he's even he has patterns that you can mess around. But if you run into uh, two pa- like a champion pack and an elite pack at the same time, and they have like one of them has jailer and then the and then a bunch of damaging stuff, then you could the, the semi randomness of that that you can't really predict can really screw you. And it yeah. th- those are the hardest parts of Dia- of uh, Diablo three when you run into a pack that's maybe you weren't expecting and weren't totally prepared for, and you really struggle. Yeah, <laughs> I've had a fun really yeah, no, it's fun. It's it's intense, and when you finally knock them out, it's awesome. And I've run into those a couple times in this run already, even though I've barely started going into the torment levels. But uh, it, it's it, Diablo three is great. It, it, at, at its base level, it's fun to play. The characters and their move sets are fun. And with loot two and the new end game that they've developed since uh, since the expansion came out, just makes the loot hunting part of it and the tinkering part of it and the yeah. And and the murdering demons and undead part of it just ratcheted up to eleven. It's terrific. I mean, it's it's, it's it's near endless in terms of what the game can give you. I know that there is actually a cap, but it feels like there's always something new that you can find for yourself. It's oh. like an it's like an MMO that is running at top speed at all times. Mm. Yeah, without without having to do the same raid boss twelve times to get that one piece of gear. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you just need to do a greater rift twice, and then you'll get eight pieces of gear, and maybe the one you want is in those eight. Or my favorite, which has happened to me in all three Diablo games, except in the first one it wasn't a set item, is just clicking on some random corpse and all of a sudden getting set gear or legendaries and being like, how did this guy die? How is he dead? He had this helmet. I don't understand. I'll take it. Great. The first legendary piece I got in this game, and I started out at a pretty low difficulty on – it was either hard or master – I uh, I was just running by and I, I basically tripped over a log and the log had a legendary super crossbow in it. I love so, that stuff. So it's like, <laughs> it's like, well, okay, not sure how this legendary co- crossbow, literally called the Demon Machine, is in this log in the Highlands. Not Someone sure needs to keep it secret and safe, and it all worked out. Yeah, people aren't supposed to step on logs. You're supposed to walk around them or over them. No, like I'm just clicking along, just you moving my character just, along, and I and I clicked on a log. Logs. See, I like I like spot. The, the obvious storyline of the person who then comes back to find their crossbow that they hid, and they're like, "What the hell?" Gosh, it's, it's a little, oh, and all of a sudden they get <laughs> surrounded. They're like, "Oh, I'm screwed." It's just a little. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah. Oh god, they're coming! <laughs> if I don't move, they can't see me. <laughs> um, yeah, that was the that was the biggest thing for me. Uh, going back to it, I, I've played it a lot. I played it a lot, and then. Um, I I come back to it every three six months. I feel like for yeah, just a same. little bit. Um, but usually those are just like quick check ins. Um, and and definitely now that you kind of have uh, adventure mode, I just like hit highlights of what I like. Yeah, you just um, do your bounties, right? Get some stuff. But this is the yeah. this is the first time I've sat down, started a character from one, and actually just oh, to do the story again. Yeah, and. It, it still in a lot of ways feels fresh and I, I think that's a testament to the game is and this is we're talking about like the random kind of pieces that you can have of collection of like enemies that you encounter or like abilities that they have it does feel new it does feel different the, the bosses are yeah. still really easy um but the yeah, moment I'm, to moment that, that is nice the weaker parts yeah. yep that's what it comes down to and that's why i think their adventure mode and bounties was so smart 
because uh, I really do think that this is, out of all three games, the weakest when it comes to end-of-act bosses. But by building uh, the pursuit of Paragon levels and bounties to kind of be like, oh, just you just need to do these five missions, and one of them will usually be one of the main act bosses, either the or mid it, act it, or the end act. Uh, well, yeah, Is there always one? That's at least no, one? not not always, but not um, always? often it'll be a one of the bigger bosses in the act. Yeah. Okay, so not guaranteed. Although I guess I've just been weirdly lucky that it's happened most of the time. But hmm. the fact that you can just kind of, like you said, Josh, kind of greatest hits it. Yeah. Be like, oh yeah, that fight against the butcher is fun. Fight yeah. the butcher again. And that that uh, it's nice to go back though and actually play through it. Um, it 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 feels new still. Um, and I know that sounds yeah. stupid. Because a lot, a lot no, of the but... games that we play here, like, there's aspects of the games that still feel fresh, or, like, you can see what they're trying to do, but you can oftentimes kind Blizzard... of see the age. Blizzard is special with how they they handle all of the Diablo games, but especially 2 and 3, in that they just, well, Diablo 3 from day 1, but they just keep, even if in it's a little thing, they just keep trying to tweak, keep tweaking, keep tweaking, keep improving. So even if you haven't played in 6 months... You know, you come back on, and there's probably something that you might have missed from before because they've added so much content over the past few years. And uh, or as um, simple as getting gifts from friends who've been playing while nice you've been feature. away, yeah. which is yeah. so great because then, like you said, you come back after three months, and all of a sudden you have a chance at going to a mailbox and having some friend on your friends list having earned you a legendary, and you've done nothing. Yeah, You're thanks great. by the way, Chris, Keep for going. not sending me anything good. I get I get great stuff from Peter, but never from you. Really? Is that true? Because yeah, I get stuff yeah. from Peter too. Peter sends stuff to me constantly. I don't know what is Man, going Peter, on. Peter's just the Santa Claus of oh, Diablo Three on PS4. I'm like seriously. Some of my other friends I get stuff from, but from RPG fan, the only person I get stuff from is it's always Peter. Um, so, Hilariously, so, most of the gifts I get for people are from my brother, and he hasn't turned on the game in two years. That's so weird. Yeah. How's it even work? And, and you know, um, we, uh, oh shoot, I was going to say something. Oh, right. Yeah. About how every, if you log in like season to season, something's changed a little bit every time. I should, I, one thing I, I've noticed playing now that, uh, cause I, I, right now season eight is going on on PC and, uh, I didn't play season seven. I was, I was pretty deep into the season three through six range. I did a, a character for each of those and then skipped seven, played to eight now. The tweaking that they do is almost never with the base kit of the character. Like, uh, the character will feel the same uh, as as it did last year. The, their basic moves and even the runes on the moves won't really change much. But in the seasons, they will always change what the season goals are, which are basically achievements that give you pr- special prizes. And they change the item sets a lot. The... Uh, like oh, I remember I'm trying to think of a good example. Uh, there was a a set of rings called the called the Wailing Host, and um, I, I think the Ring of Nightmares. I forget what the other one was, but but they mm-hmm. were they were these two crappy rings that you found all the time that increased your like gold find and experience level or something. But then in season six they changed them to uh, one of the most powerful two of the most powerful rings in the game that completely upended what uh, what sets you can do. It, they 
the, I think the powers of it's called the Legacy of Nightmares now. And the Legacy of Nightmares power is if this is the only set you're equipping, then every ancient weapon that a ancient item that you have equipped gives you a hundred percent damage damage bonus and four percent damage reduction. That's just that's just so if you equip those so and then much. you and then you get like ten legendary items, that is literally multiplying your uh your damage by oh, eleven. So and reducing your damage taken by 40 and it lets you and you are not married to using a to using a a set strategy it's so pretty so like they complete just by changing one item without changing any characters they flipped the uh, diablo like end game pursuit of equipment on its head and it's those kind of changes that really energize Diablo 3's uh, yeah Diablo 3 because they, they don't have to change the characters. The, the characters are fun already and their moves are cool already. But by changing quest design and, and changing a couple items, they make every new season on PC feel fresh. Which is interesting because that's kind of the opposite of how they fixed Diablo 2 back in the day. Because when they did the later game patches years after launch... It was about how the tech trees of characters would interact with each other. Yeah. And that um, was the big change. Whereas this time around, because they kind of have the more fluid approach of you can change on the fly instead of locked into skill choices. Yeah. I, uh, um, I remember when I played Diablo 2 in high school in the early 2000s, they, yeah. didn't, have, they didn't have synergies on skills. Nope. There was none and, of them. And then in the mid-2000s, they added these things called synergies, which allowed certain skills to empower other skills on your on your skill tree. And it completely changed yeah. how you how you uh designed your build and then they did a, another loot patch in like 2010 2011 i mean that mm -hmm. game in terms of how long they supported it was nuts which is why there was a patch in 2013 last yeah think. maybe even yeah. more recent i just haven't checked at yo oh, god yeah there might be something new but right? and to your point josh about uh you know we were talking about uh blizzcon earlier and how you were maybe a little nervous that maybe diablo 4 would be coming around because while that is a cool announcement it would take away from the fact that Diablo 2, like we've been saying, is still so great. But I got a weird feeling that we're going to be getting a lot more content for this game, even if it is tweaks more along the lines of doing something else like a season or a special events for a month or stuff like that, because they... they we already really, have a special no. events for a month announced. <laughs> really? For so Diablo 3. Yeah. For PC? Uh, no, no, for exactly every for version. Well, I'm, I'm talking about the Dark Ending of Tristram thing. You haven't heard about this oh, yet, yeah, Chris? that's right. That is happening. I forgot about yeah, that. And that's, that's so gonna, cool. I get to replay P1. It's a special January event that they yeah. intend to bring back every year, which is – but we don't need to talk about that right oh, now. I you didn't know, realize uh, those details, but that's amazing. That makes me happy. I remember mind if I, reading if I, the Eight Direction thing. That makes me happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they're removing about 25% of character <laughs> animations so they look choppier <laughs> and changing it. and changing from 360-degree movement to eight-directional movement. As long as every time I get hurt, I make a weirdly ugh noise, then I'm super satisfied. <laughs> but. Yeah, the warrior's God. noise that he made whenever he got hit was, uh, was so uh, strange. Uh, uh, uh. It was just the same three sounds on repeat as every yeah, if, fallen. If you're using the rogue, it was like a women's tennis match. But if you're using it, the guy, it was like <laughs> it was like someone having the worst day in the bathroom he's ever had. Uh, uh, on that but note, anyway, um, <laughs> and anyway, I wanted uh, can I change the subject a little bit? Can we talk about the uh, the uh, the six main characters of this game? I was going to go yes. in the direction of what characters we actually have been playing. Right, sure. Josh, what are you playing? Uh, Demon Hunter. Chris, what are you playing? Uh, finished a Demon Hunter that I had started a little while ago. So already on Paragon with her, and now I'm doing Wizard. 
Okay, I don't know how this happened because we definitely didn't plan it, but I'm also playing oh. a demon hunter. Yeah. But I have played every class. Yeah, yeah um, every class. I think I, my kids got close to, except for Crusader. I Demon Hunter is the class I've played the least by far. I got a Demon Hunter to level 70 last year sometime, but didn't do much with them. But this is the first time I'm actually taking a Demon Hunter into torment levels in the endgame. But I have, God, I have a, uh, a Witch Doctor with over 100 hours in, invested, and... Uh, my Monk has the most. Yeah, my, my, my Witch Doctor has the most, and second most is either my Monk or my Wizard. So I, I started uh, as a barbarian, and that's why I was doing hardcore. Um, Is that what you did? When you got it on PC too? Was barbarian? Me? Oh no! No, you. you my up. my first one on PC was a barbarian. <gasps> Look at us, we're friends. Yep. <laughs> it just uh, and I could have used the crusader, but I, I don't know why I didn't. It probably would have been smarter. Um, and then I was running out of time for uh, the podcast, and I was getting a little stressed out, like we were talking about. So I just I <laughs> took my ridiculously statted demon hunter and I just blew through the game and had a lot of fun. I, I I took a demon hunter from level one and I I think I'm actually gonna move through the end game end game pretty fast because I've gotten very very lucky with my drops since I started doing end game stuff in in adventure mode. I got oh, yeah. I, I have a very nice a very nice set of builds going for me that. Involves Reign of Vengeance, a, a another skill called Just Vengeance, and a set called Natalia's Vengeance. So I am just full of vengeance this time. Not sure how that happened, and it's uh it's been a lot of fun. One one of the really nice no. things for me oh, has been I, uh, so I originally played the game on uh, Xbox 360, and when kind of the oh they, shit character they, swaps yeah so I had to go through all my character swap to get to the PS4. Um, with that, some weird stuff comes and weird things don't. So, like, I lost my angel wings, which I was really sad about. Um, so I always put those on my characters for the pre-order bonus. Yeah, um, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And then, uh, so that didn't come, which I still don't understand. But all of your money, all of your items, all your characters, all those come over. Um, but then Diablo has an internal achievement, like, challenge thing. Only, like, half of those came over. Not, like, some of the stuff. Like, if you were, like, halfway through a book challenge or whatever, then, it would, like, those halfway wouldn't come through. Uh, and so, like, you had to redo some of that. And, like, uh, so then a lot of the uh, kill so many uh, demons with this class. Like, oh, I went type. through that, too, yeah. And so I had oh, the, those did, Those didn't go through? Yeah, unless you, like... Unless you had completed them. So, like, yeah, if like you had... fully completed it. You'd hit the 50, like, do 50 of X. You have the 51. But then there's the next set of it, which is, you know, now do 100. And then after that, it goes down. You have to do 200, like killing treasure goblins. But then, like, the 100 wouldn't have any of the demons anymore listed. Yeah, so it would have reset. You had to technically start from scratch again. Um, yeah. And, and uh, can I mention my one weird achievements story for this game? Can I finish my it's, story? It's, 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 okay, go with your story first. I, okay. But I have, one in the, in, I have one in the wings. And then with Put that... Uh, you basically turn the game on and you start the the first mission when you start over and it like a bunch of trophies pop but they're like the weirdest trophies that are popping um, and so it's been nice going through because I'm actually beating the game almost for a first time because even when I was playing it before I did uh, Reaper of Soul, Reaper Souls right mm-hmm. yeah I did that so I have all those but in the regular game I'm like I, I don't have any to recruit the front like your uh, allies I don't have any yeah. of the axe and so even when I was going through an adventure mode like some of the bosses pop, so I, I'm almost going through and being the game for the first time, which is kind oh, of and, weird. 
I'm not sure we've expl- I'm not sure we've explained it, but adventure mode versus campaign mode are, is something that was changed in the uh, in the expansion. Campaign mode is running through the game normally. Adventure mode is basically some of the end game stuff we've been talking about, where you get assigned bounties that let you jump anywhere into the story to get special rewards for completing special tasks, and that's where you get a lot of your end game loot and end game uh, content in adventure mode. And adventure mode rules. It turns it turns it. A- it's almost like switching from story mode to arcade mode and just, it's a, it's and just going completely almost. nuts. Yeah, I, I love adventure mode. Like I, I go I play through campaign just to sort of go through the emotions and then I just spend all my time in adventure mode. Yeah. I think most people at this point, once they go through their first playthrough, they don't even go for a, a harder difficulty run. They just go adventure mode for the most part. Just do rifts, which are these fun little dungeons that are randomized mm-hmm. that you have to do bounties to get rift stones and then you you can unlock and do these cool portal things. We'll probably get into that more into the next episode. But basically, the end game is now incredible, and it feels endless, yeah. which is astounding considering where it was when the game first started, and there was no end. Game. And uh, and on and on PC, they have these things called seasons, where every uh, two or three months they um sorry. they reset the leaderboard and uh, allow people to start from scratch and give and give players special rewards. Um, incentives are nuts. Yeah, yeah. Um, for completing achievements within a season, and it's just uh, you know, no, it's terrific. And um, <laughs> one time, I I jumped several steps in those achievements because I had this weird glitch happen, where uh, I was the the season where I was the most active, where I I played a witch doctor, and I was equipping this um this set that weakened enemies heavily every time you hit them with. Uh, a, a spell from a certain list of spells, and the, the way that I had that um, built was I just would throw clouds of poison and fire everywhere, and the and the damage and the damage over time would um would lower enemy Murder. defenses by like four hundred percent or something. It was insane. Yeah, so it was uh, yeah. So it was so, but it was a lot of damage over time. But like fire and switching between fire and poison and getting bonuses for switching damage types as well. So because of the equipment I had, mm-hmm. so I was I was struggling against the boss of a rift one time and it was you know uh i was dealing damage i was i was getting work done but that my health was fluctuating right and uh, they ended up killing me when they were almost dead so and 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 in, in rifts when you die um there's a timer for you to get revived back because you're trying to fit finish the rift within a certain time frame to get the most rewards mm-hmm. and uh so I, I was ahead of the timer wasn't an issue but um um, I think there was a 10-second timer after I died, so I, I'm so I'm the, the boss is almost dead. I have my damage over time going, and then I die. And when the clock is not back down to zero, the boss dies. So I re, so I revive. <laughs> so I, I defeat the boss when I'm still dead, and because of that, because. The, the the way the game thinks, it it didn't recognize as me equipping You're having anything it. equipped. Yeah. So no 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 it recognized me k- killing the boss but it gave me about 12 achievements in a row for clearing a rift without having any items equipped. Oh. What? Because oh, it, because awesome. because because while I was dead for yeah, some reason the game thought I didn't have any set items on. So the spirit form so technically you're not equipped with anything. Yeah, exactly. So wow. I I I got I got like 12 achievements in a row. It was like um defeat a rift with no items level 20, defeat a rift with no items level 25. Like <laughs> A bunch of those things you should have no right having. Yeah, exactly. A bunch of those up to whatever rift level I was on. It was probably around That's forty or so. So it was so, and that was part of the reason I got a bunch of rewards from that season was 
because I got a, a bunch of achievements I should not have gotten thanks to a glitch. That's awesome. <laughs> and, and Diablo three, like if you play an, if you play it a good amount of time, you will have all kinds of uh, all kinds of individual stories that you have from a crazy boss you fought or a crazy rift you fought because just the basic action of the game is so much fun and the different things the game can throw out throw at you are so diverse. It's 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 awesome. I will I will play this game forever. That's what I was thinking about. So a lot of times when we do the, these these podcasts, we have a lot of we cover like quick overview of the gameplay, like how the game, some of the art, a little bit of the sound, because you guys love music, and then all of a sudden it's like, all right, let's talk completely story. Um, and I was going to say, and we haven't even talked about the three acts that we're supposed to, because it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, it, it doesn't. Like, at the end of the day, there's some stuff, it's bad, you should probably try to save the world, maybe, I don't know. And and listen to Jennifer Hale a bunch. And then, Jennifer Hale's in this game, too. <laughs> she's in everything. And then it's like, all right, well... I figure this out, so I'm gonna listen to some music. I'm gonna listen to a podcast, and this is an amazing podcast game yeah. for anyone who hasn't played Diablo three. You like killing things, like getting loot, and just having fun because you're gonna have fun. And you've got other things that you want to listen to in your life. This is the game for you. It is. I, I have many games that I consider podcast games, games where the audio is maybe not the most important thing, or I've played it enough times I don't need to hear the audio again, even if the audio is good. Diablo 3 is at the top of that list for games I love maybe muting or quieting a little bit and then yep. putting on a podcast. It's terrific. Yeah. But yeah, yeah it's one of those things, guys. everything is kind of, it's that moment-to-moment storytelling of this crazy thing happened to me, you're never going to believe this. Yeah. Uh, and that those are like, those are ultimately like the things that you actually remember. Yeah, this is a series where gameplay is king. Absolutely. It is all about yeah. gameplay. No, and, the, re- the reason I keep going back to it and uh, doing end game stuff so much in it is because just the gameplay for all six of the characters is diverse and fun and great. Mm-hmm. And while I was not happy about it when it was first announced and until I played the game, really, uh, I really think it was smart how they did the uh, leveling system, how it's just unlocking choices instead of right. putting points in and isolating you in terms of what your build was. Yeah, in, in it Diablo, eliminates in Diablo the reality. 2. Diablo 1 and Diablo 2, you would have to put in both your stats and your tech tree. And while I do miss that... The tech tree was only uh, in Diablo 2, but you're right. Yes, yes, you're right. Because mm-hmm. you, you had to do spell books and all the rest of it to read and figure out skills that way. It was 1996, different time. Very different. <laughs> God, the hours put in that game. But, uh, yeah... It, it, it was weird and frustrating because I like the idea of tailoring your choices, but the freedom to switch on the fly, especially after you've played a character for, you know, 60, 80 hours and you just get tired of doing the same thing, you know, clearing rooms the exact same way to have that option to just go, screw it, let's try something new. And now play with the exact same hero and it feels like you've started from scratch just because of how you've tweaked runes. It doesn't even have to be the skills themselves. Just the runes can have such a major effect. Or you get equipment that's going to affect different skills and not the ones you normally equip, so you switch it around. It's just... It, they. I thought it would be frustrating, but it's actually just the best. It's built for longevity. Yeah, yeah it's... 
I, I, I oh, can hardly exactly. I don't I don't know if I could ever go back to the Diablo two way of doing things because like if you level, I have my builds. <laughs> if you level, exactly. Yeah. If you level up from one to ninety nine and and do all of the quests that give you skill points, you end up with hundred and ten skill points and there's no way of refunding skills or resetting your skill tree. You are so, locked into what you do. So if you I – I, I remember at the D2 Barbarian, uh, you had a bunch of passives, and the passives were pretty strong. So but basically from a very early point, you had to choose what weapon to focus on. Yep, so the masteries, spear yeah, mastery, exactly. sword mm-hmm. mastery, all that stuff. So if you had, just, if you had done axe mastery from the beginning and you picked up only a bunch of swords in the end game, then you were screwed a little bit because you had planned to only use axes. Yep. And um, – and, and that that's just a small example, but there's a, z- a zillion others I could do. Uh, it, but in Diablo three, you just un- as as you mentioned before, you only unlock skills instead of permanently putting points into things. So you can ju- just tweak your build, tweak your skills at any time, and everything is unlocked once you hit seventy. And so if you have been, I mean, I'll use my Demon Hunter as an example. I've been using a Reign of Vengeance build. If I suddenly get a couple items that uh, give me a bunch of bonuses to say multi-shot. Mm-hmm. Then just by switching my equipment around and changing skills around and tinkering for five or five minutes, you're I optimized. Switch, I can switch to a multi-shot build, and maybe the most difficult part of it is, I don't know, resetting ring my rings or gems. And uh, and every skill, every character has about thirty skills, I think, plus uh, plus another thirty separate passives that you yeah, can passives. equip. So and each skill has five runes. So each skill has five different settings that you can uh, change that totally change the skill. Like I mean, the uh, the what witch doctor's piranha skill has you summon a pool of piranhas to attack an enemy, and one rune on the skill has it weaken the enemy's defenses. Another one has it slow all enemies. Mm-hmm. Another one changes the piranhas to a lagoon of crocodiles attacking for, <laughs> magic, for, for physical damage. Yeah, the crocodile rune is pretty great. And so every skill, every skill in the game. Um, has those five variations and yeah. choose and you can equip six skills at a, at a time so picking six skills five variations on every skill four passives from a list of about 20 or 30 i don't remember exactly yeah, what they are and and equipment just uh how many sl- equipment slots are there 15 maybe 12 yeah i'm trying to think uh so like there's there's six ma- six major ones then two for your weapon then three jewelries 11 and a couple 12. more it's a, I think it's around yeah, 12, 12 to 15. 15. Yeah, 12 to, between 12 and 15 item slots. And sweet Moses, there is so much customization. There's just so much choice, so many permutations. And and, it's... And, and, and and there's set items too. Each each class has four sets that are like – that are four sets of six items each that are dera- dera- de- yeah, excuse me, designed around a specific play style. Yeah. So they give you basically four endgame-ready play styles for each one that you can work towards – or you can do a ton of variation outside that, like with the Legacy of Nightmares um, set that I mentioned before, which is sometimes called the setless set, because you can, because you can't use one of those other sets, yeah. one of those other sets with the Legacy of Nightmares. There is so much variety and customization in Diablo three, and on and it changes with every season when they tweak the item sets every season. It is wild. The game is so much fun at the base level, has a rich landscape of endgame content, and is changed by Blizzard to keep it fresh every three-ish months. It is... And I we, will play Diablo 3 forever. I love this And game. we didn't even mention the, you know, everything with your smith, your gem crafter, and... Oh, yeah. oh geez, yeah. Um, customizing items with your yep. uh, with your three campaign uh, caravan followers. Yeah, what is their official 
official term. I can never remember. Well, uh, it, um, there, there's artisans? six followers in the game. No. Artisans, Art- oh, artisans right. Yeah, the yeah, there's six followers in the game, and three of them accompany you in combat. You choose between which of the three is with you at all times. One of them is voiced by Troy Baker, who is another guy that's around everywhere. Yes, he is. And, uh, um, and then three of them are artisans that stay in camp and will help you tweak your items around. And, man, there is so much stuff in this game. Yeah, and 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 I'm gonna lose my voice talking talk, about but, it. No, it, but it, it's all all of its optimization. You know, even though they made mistakes early on, they then figured it out and they made it better. And a lot of the stuff that, like I said, as an old fan, had me upset when I would read about it before launch. Once it was, you know, once I actually played the game, I realized, oh no, these were these were the right changes to make. Like they definitely knew what they were doing. And stuff like your companions is a great example. They basically took the mercenaries from Diablo 2, which were in certain acts after certain events, or right away you could hire yep. specific types of mercenaries depending on the act. Every to, act except four had a mercenary. Except for four, correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they all had their own different play styles. They would have certain skills, and they would level <laughs> up with you. And if they died, you could resurrect them. And, uh, uh, sometimes, it got, sometimes it got stronger, weird because uh, – uh, sorry. More expensive. It would get. Uh, which, sorry, go. No, no, it's cool. But it got weird with those mercenaries in uh, in Diablo 2 because their skills changed depending on what the difficulty setting was when you recruited yes. them. Yes. And so, like the one that and uh, the nightmare was the middle difficulty setting, and every and the most popular mercenary for high end stuff was an Act 2 nightmare difficulty mercenary yep. because he had a good aura that would sit. But it it was it weird and, so and ultra specific and and yeah, stupid. And, and that's the thing is that the it, it was. It was a nice mechanic. It was new, especially in comparison to Diablo 1, like so much was. But it could be its own huge ass pain, especially if you were low on funds and sometimes your mercenary would die because it's a bad AI. And to resurrect them, it could, especially later on. And if they died before a bunch, it cost tons of money. And they basically went, yeah, that's dumb. Here are companions. They're kind of going to have a little plot line that you can discover if you want to keep talking to them. And they're going to function the function the exact same way, and it's not going to cost you money go have fun it's like great yeah. you basically took all the negative out of what was there before and made this better for me so for yeah, you have you else... have all three of them i'm sorry you have all three of them by the beginning of act two and yeah. it's it's great uh, and act two well i guess she comes in midway no, she, right. she comes in the very first quest in act two is that first quest yeah it's right feel? away it, it's wow. when you're walking to right, the town. it's when you're walking there yeah i always feel like it's later right at the beginning uh, she, i think you need maybe this one more quest before she joins permanently right. but oh. yeah yeah, it's you, the first foray into the sands. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, yeah. yeah, the companion system in D three is way. I'm sorry, in Diablo three is way better than in Diablo two. Whoops. Um, see, so as somebody that didn't know about the mercenary system, how I always viewed it is, you look at all the backlash of like always online and whatnot, and people are talking about like I don't want to play with other people or this or that. I viewed it as a way that allowed individuals to play solo. Um, yes, that's exactly it. And. We haven't really touched on it, and I tried to set this up with Chris. It just hasn't worked out. This game really, really shines when you get to play with other people. Yeah, and that's on me. It's my schedule, not Josh. Um, Josh is a good person. I try. And famously, whenever uh, whenever multiple people join the same game, the uh, enemies get slightly stronger, but the experience rewards also get slightly stronger. Right. Yeah. So what's the phrase with Diablo 2? It's like uh, Diablo's minions grow stronger or something, yeah. whatever it was the, min- the message. A new champion has arrived, and Diablo Diablo's minions grow stronger. <laughs> right, oh, no. yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's I, I always viewed those, and then they they leave when you have somebody join your game, 
which again yep. kind of it adds to that uh, concept of it. Um, but it makes you just less lonely. Um, and yes. then you, you can do kind of crazier builds uh, where you're, you're kind of more of that glass cannon. And if you have um, Cormac the Templar, yeah, yeah, the Templar. All of a sudden, Cormac it's like, all right, well, now I kind of sort of have a tank. He doesn't necessarily do the right tanky thing sometimes, but kind of fill that role but and you got just... someone to take focus while you focus on your range right. or do your thing damage yeah, they'll, so they'll it... never do it they'll never do a ton of damage but the templar can stun people and shove them around the scoundrel can uh put some weaknesses on enemies with his arrows and the enchantress like confuses and transforms enemies they're 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 a positive addition definitely and that's kind of and it sounds like we've kind of spun around this concept like the whole time we've been talking but blizzard did a very good job of thinking of more or less every way you could play the game where the game could possibly break or the experience could be less fun and they came up with some sort of clever solution to kind of get around it. And so yep. whether or not I'm playing with other people, whether I'm playing by myself, whether I want to have a really boring just click, click, click character, I want to have like a control bunch of things, like there's different ways you can go about it and whereas a lot of games, we kind of talked about this with Deus Ex, like if you had an individual that was stealthy, at some point the game just broke because you were supposed to shoot things. Um, yeah, that never like that never happens in Diablo. Things just continue to work out, and you can go at it all these different crazy permutations like we we're talking about, and technically all of them work to a certain extent. Yeah, and one thing actually that uh, that I love when you play with another human character is. This wasn't the case in, I don't know, well, definitely don't know early on in Diablo 3, but with Diablo 1 and Diablo 2, this definitely wasn't the case. If you have a friend who, let's say, is just starting Diablo 3, and he wants to play with you, but you only have a level 70 Paragon character, you can actually have the two of them play together, and depending on who's the host, the other character will scale to their level. You're also going to power level the crap out of that dude. So that's the thing. If you want to power level someone to catch up, you could just basically carry someone and they're going to feel kind of ineffective, but they're not going to die like they should be for being level 20 doing end game stuff. Like again, I think you nailed it, Josh, when you say they really built a game for everyone. Yeah. But usually when people make a game for everyone, it crumbles because no one's happy. Weirdly blizzard is the one company <laughs> that makes it work with everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, most of the time, yes. Blizzard is great at designing games for many types of gamers, but th um, somehow the most hardcore ones always find a reason to get salty about something. Always, exactly. Yeah, and uh, and again, the um, the Diablo 3 community was a little bit annoyed that there wasn't more Diablo 3 stuff announced at BlizzCon, to which I... I call I would call them a bunch of entitled rats because nightmare <laughs> because they're they're getting a new a new class next year and the uh, um, I know and the darkening of Tristram looks amazing. Is that yes it does. Wait, wait, wait. Yes, it does. So I was on that BlizzCon episode with you. Correct. Does I that, I was does, also I was also just I also that mentioned on that. Mean that I'm an entitled brat when it comes to Hearthstone. No. I'm not going to answer that. I don't really know about Hearthstone <laughs> since I complained for like 20 minutes. Uh, no but, comment but from the jury. I mean, I think we actually, <laughs> you actually decided my nickname was entitled Mike on that episode because <laughs> I was I was disappointed that there was no expansion announced for Diablo yeah, Three. Yeah, you're entitled Mike, and I was Caustic Curry. 
I thought you were Jolly Josh. Oh, Jolly Josh. Was I actually happy for once? Cost yeah, no, you were, well, no, we decided that you were happy. I called you cost, I called you cost, my caustic co-host when I posted a tweet about no, you it. you called me caustic comrade. Much better. Okay, my bad. Curry my bad. sounds like the ne- next best <laughs> exceed downloadable game. <laughs> Uh, Caustic is a terrific shit. adjective, gotta, guys. Yeah, it is. I was so <laughs> happy. That brought a huge smile on my face when I saw that the first time. Also, like, the best high school Twitter handle. Mm, yeah. I found so, a really so anyway, good Twitter um, handle today. I don't know if that's the best one. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, back to the topic at hand. The, the, the fan base will always be find a reason to be upset or disappointed. But um, especially since they haven't charged for any new content since the last expansion... Blizzard's done extremely well by designing Diablo 3 for the masses and keeping gamers of every type happy. I, I love this thing. I, I can't wait to see it continue to grow. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, so, I'm sure that we're going to get Diablo 4 in a decade, so we got time. I, I, I still try to, like, I'd like to wrap this back towards, like, our actual playthroughs now. Or kind of, like, oh, experiences sure. for the sure, first three. Sure. Um, so all of us are playing the Demon Hunter. Um, Correct. Guess, mm-hmm. The other big question, um, since we're talking about the first three, uh, acts, what are our favorite moments, I guess probably specifically with the boss battles, like what are our first favorite boss battles or whatever? Or maybe there's a plot moment you love too, you mentioned that. Yeah. Um, I love all the cutscenes that are animated, because Blizzard goes all out, and it just looks always amazing, and it's always upsetting when you get the interstitial cutscenes of just the drawings. Because I wish they had just spent more money to make everything super pretty. Uh, in terms great of great at cutscenes. Oh, they're so good. Starcraft and uh, yeah, just great, just great, 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 great. Uh, but bosses and game moments. I mean, story-wise, it's so predictable for the most part. And I think people who even don't know the story of Diablo will will see a lot of the turns coming. I thought I like that they brought back a lot of Diablo history with the bosses. Mm-hmm. But they, they deliberately had Leoric and Butcher be, yeah. uh, be major act bosses one. in Act 1 because they were bosses in the straight original back. Diablo. Just and act, back. In yeah. Act, yeah, and Act 1 takes place in part uh, in, in that very cathedral Diablo 1 was in. So I, I like aesthetically how they did a lot of that, but unfortunately I think a lot of the voice acting for most of everyone in this game is pretty bad. So, so it's weird having the Skeleton King talk and sound like the biggest cartoon villain in the world. But I love Act 1 because it's Tristram. And just like even in Diablo 2 when you would go visit old Tristram, when they have the music cues and like <laughs> they're going to do for the event in January, it's, it's, one of the, it's one of my first major... Like, it was the first mature game I played outside of Wolfenstein 3D as a kid on PC. So the series in Act 1 is always the most fun for me, because it's Tristram. Um, for me, my, uh, for me in the, my favorite of the first three acts is also the first act, both for the reasons that uh, Chris mentioned. And because I just like the... I just like the look of it. Like you go from this uh, cathedral to sort of a haunted forested area to these mm-hmm. uh, to a greener highlands area, that uh, and all, all of it. I think the environments look great in Act One, and in Act Act Two is mostly desert. But the my, the best part of Act Two is in the uh, is in the oasis section, in my opinion. But there's a lot of desert and wasteland and sewers that are environments I don't love. And Act Three is a bunch of battlefields and narrow corridors and forts, and. So- so Act One is the most fun to me to just roll, just like walk around in. 
But my favorite uh, plot moment in the game is uh, probably from one of the Act 3 bosses, Saidea, the one you fight right before the, the Act boss, Asmodan. Mm-hmm. Because, because you see her crawling around in the background. Uh, yeah, hanging upside down. Yeah, hanging upside down. She's, she's a large spidery demoness. And she uh, she's taunting you and telling you what she's gonna do to you, and uh, and about how Asmodan's her master and he's the best or something. And it's it's very effective. And when you finally fight her, she's not very challenging because I mean none of it. I, I, maybe I've just played this game so much that none of it feels challenging. No, no, but but, it's <laughs> but what we it talked was, about earlier, difficulty's not there for those bosses. Yeah, but in in, in older Diablo games, the boss would just appear. And they would maybe say a couple things, and then it would be a slugfest. But in Diablo yeah. 3, they set up the bosses a little more. They give them more personality, even Very the ones, th- even the ones that don't have m- much personality or at least visually interesting and have mechanics to them. Uh, but I-, I thought the way they set up Sidea as a boss was real good, even if the boss fight itself isn't that memorable. Actually, Josh, before you get a chance to say your favorite moment, I will say playing through Diablo 3 the first time, when there was the mid boss fight transformation against Belial. Oh, damn. Oh, mm-hmm. Damn it, did I take it from you? All right, yeah. go, 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 go. No, I'm not going to finish my thought. I'm not going to finish my no, thought. No, I'm not no, no. Finish You're, my you thought. probably have a better thought than me, so go ahead. It's, no, it's a cool boss say, fight, man. They, never, you they had it. never done that in the series, that kind of just cutscene break, and now it's final form. Like, uh, like Mike had just said, you know, every boss in Diablo 1 was. Like the butcher, famously, you would open a door to a room that if you played before, you knew was clearly where he would be, and all he would say is "Ah, fresh meat," and you had to kill him or run like hell. And and he would and he would just char- he would had- just charge at you and hack at you. Yeah, but and um, but so the- everyone had like a line cue once you saw them that was like, "Now they're gonna hunt you. Go have fun." Whereas having a moment where there was a transformation and now there's a another boss form, it was just it totally took me. Uh, it, was, it was a very uh, Dragon Quest move that Diablo yeah. made. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but and also just comparing the two butchers, the butcher in in the second floor of the dungeon in Diablo One. Oh, if you if you, for the <laughs> listeners that may or maybe don't know, Diablo One was just a sixteen floor dungeon with Diablo, the final boss, at the bottom. But uh, the butcher in Diablo One on the first, on the second floor of the dungeon just charges you and starts hacking you with a giant cleaver and. That's uh, that's the whole gist of the boss battle. You either had to out tank him and out damage him, or run away and like hide in a room where he couldn't reach you, and then shoot yep, arrows at him or something. Shoot arrows at him. Oh. Yeah. Lock yourself in a jail cell and then shoot <laughs> arrows at him until he's he dead. Couldn't until open he doors. Dies. So just yeah. Uh, <laughs> but the, but the butcher. That's okay. the Act One boss in Diablo Three. Um, he's on a giant uh, uh sort of a grate. With with a with a furnace going underneath, and he can make different parts of the room just can be engulfed in flames. He throw can uh, he can throw a chain at you to drag you towards him. He does charges that will stun you, and he's uh even though he's not cha- he's not that challenging if you're experienced at the game. But there's a lot more to the boss fight in his Diablo three version than his Diablo one version, and that might have something to do that the two games were made 15 years apart. Probably <laughs> just this <just> possibly <laughs> maybe. <laughs> That, that's my theory, at least. Yeah. You know so, what? I think it's a safe one. Now I know that when we do these like ordered responses, I should probably go first, because a lot of mine was <laughs> taken. <laughs> um, We're just too insightful. One that wasn't mentioned was the Skeleton King. I, the nice thing about that is it's, kinda, it's the first real boss, and he's kind of baller sitting on his throne when you walk in. Um, <laughs> super, super... Well, in all fairness, I, I, I honestly feel like all the bosses are way too easy. 
Um, yes. They are. But the Skeleton King, like, it was just like one of those, like, all right, and we've like What's the officially first gotten through the tutorial. Up? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the Butcher was huge for me just because I knew the legacy and what he meant. Yeah. Um, and then, like Mike just explained, with the changing of the fire, it kind of reminded me of when WoW started getting really good with their boss fights, where you had to both think of how you had to uh, implement damage and like the ordering and how you're going to, as a team, like fight, but also you had to strongly focus on positioning, because um, you were in maps that were going to do damage or you had to get to a certain place because you're going to die. And the fire doesn't really, for the most part, doesn't kill you. Unless you're really terrible, um, but it's, it's no, just one of those things that, like you just had to be cognizant of it, which I enjoy. Um, right. And then yeah, the final one like boss is wild just because again that again it was like oh this is really easy this isn't a surprise, and then he changed to something else like this is a really cool now like I really like that was that was a moment that I was excited to come back to but this time around and it it didn't disappoint again. Um, and then story-wise, which we didn't talk about, I, I was surprised when I brought this up. Um, like, you're you're aware of like this mythical figure that is Deckard Cain, um, mm -hmm. and then for him to actually die. Um, we, we, yeah. We, we kind of talk about like the story; it's almost non-existent. But that that's one of those things like that's huge. And, like, that is huge, especially that, for the war. Yeah, and even somebody at the time when I I first started playing Diablo. I knew, like, this is a big, big deal. Like, people are going to be probably really upset about this. And it happens pretty much early. We played it's, this game because we didn't talk about it yeah. before. It's, it's, right, so it's right around the midpoint of Act 1. It, yeah. it happens yeah. pretty early. Pretty early. And and that was, uh, like, looking back on it, like, you, you kind of look at Butcher, you look at Decker Kane, and some of those choices very early on to be, like, smack you in the face that this is not Diablo 2. Things have changed. Yeah. Um, we're not necessarily beholden to some of like what we've done in the past. Um, but yeah, th those, so those are like my kind of big ones. I uh, my favorite zone, like my favorite act, though, is three. Um, my favorite act is one and total uh, of the first three. Okay, okay, okay. yeah. Just check. Just yeah. Um. I, go ahead. I, I just re I really like the snow. I like the fortress and kind of running on top of the fortress. I will say and again, also it, first it's, time it's, with all the, the people fighting down below as you're going through the battlements, that was a super cool moment. First and time. also, it's a, it's pretty cool that Act 3 takes place in the same area that was Act 5 in Diablo 2. Diablo 2. So there's uh, – oh, um, right. it's, it's not exactly one-to-one -one, because Diablo 2 uh, – Technically the, farther up the mountain. Yeah, it's technically yeah. further up the mountain. And where, where you fight Asmodan is going through the area at core where, where the final battle in Diablo 2 was. And a lot of the snowy areas are in the same – general place but it um act three looks cooler in diablo three than act because in act five of diablo two it's a lot of sort of empty rocky wastelands until you get into some ice caves yeah it's you know it, it's be I, it looks I better in d3 think diablo three damn it was it. probably oh. because diablo three was made after diablo two <laughs> mm, okay all right how strongly do you feel about that because I'm, I'm wavering right now I, I mean i could be convinced otherwise but I just... to mike's defense <laughs> The, uh, the the fifth act in Diablo 2 was very samey in comparison to the diversity of visuals in the other acts, you monster. Chris Leave the man alone. Except know. for uh, act, well, act four of Diablo 2 was also really samey. 
Now, this, the the area with Kanai's Cube, which is straight up Act 5 of Diablo 2. Yeah, it's also an, it's located in Act 3, but it's a side area. Yeah, that's yeah, so I that's wasn't going to touch on Kanai's Cube, and I wasn't t- going to touch on uh, Whimsy Shire until... We, we can talk about that for the next episode. We're already over an hour. <laughs> yeah, I was going to do that stuff next episode, because you technically have to go to like Act 4 to be able to get some stuff, even though you're in Act 1 to go to Whimsy Shire, which is so cool. And I, Whimsy Shire is um, great. Can it's I talk so- about the big plot moment that... Oh, sorry. Uh, sorry, go ahead, Chris. No, no, that's all I was going to say. It's just wonderful. It's wonderful. I'm more interested <laughs> what to think of, like, what do you think is a big plot moment? Um, What happens right at the end of Act 3. Yes, indeed. Because, um... I, talking about someone dying. <laughs> yeah, well, let, let's um run it back a little bit. Uh, in Diablo 2, you fight... There's the, the. I mean, the big plot of Diablo is that there's... Uh, there's seven gi- there's seven giant demons that have been fighting yes. each other and fighting the realm of the angels for supremacy. Sanctuary is the name of the pl- of the planet that's in between the heavens and the hells where the humans live. And uh, you kill five of the seven demons in Diablo two. There um and you kill them by sealing their souls in stones and then smashing them with a magic hammer on a magic forge. And so those five demons are supposedly gone for good. And Diablo is one of the five. And yes. then so in, Di- in Diablo 3, the, you, you kill the remaining two, um, Belial and Asmodan, and seal them into something called a Black Soul Stone, which is a, this weird artifact that uh, can either give, give someone great power or can be used to, so, to, to seal the souls of demons. So basically, uh, Adria, who was a minor character in Diablo 1 who sold you spells. That was it. Uh, has a daughter named Leah who is through with you for most of Diablo 3 and then reveals at the end of Act 3 that Adria had been serving Diablo the whole time that Leah is technically Diablo's daughter since Adria had sex with the uh, with the ma- one of the main the characters hero of, Di- of Diablo 1 whoever yeah, wins the yes, wanderer yeah yeah the uh, the warrior from Diablo 1 who had the Diablo's soul stuck um trapped inside him at the time and so Leah is full of Diablo's dark energy, and then Adria uses that soul stone to, uh, which which she has been, she made Leah train with it to learn how to use it, and then uses the soul stone to turn Leah into a new incarnation of Diablo. With all seven, both the three prime evils and the four lesser evils. With all all seven demon powers into Diablo. And also, this new version of Diablo, or Shiablo, or Liablo, or whatever you want to call (laughs) it, has a different silhouette than the old Diablo. The old Diablo had very broad shoulders and... uh, and was uh, a little bit more feral looking, while this one is has is more humanoid and has sort slightly feminine uh, like like hips and body type. And then it has the more of the spindly arm things. Yeah, more spindly arms and is more upright and less and Reminds less me sort of, of alien. Yeah, yeah, yeah kind of like the xenomorphan alien. Yeah, that's a good that's a good reference. So, uh, yeah, so the new like realizing that Adria had betrayed you all along and transforming Leah, who is this you know, innocent uh, student of magic and transforming her into the new version of Diablo was pretty cool. It is, especially because it was a, again, talking about the callbacks that we mentioned about Act 1. Tristram is everyone else from the original Diablo, whether it be Pippin the Healer, Ogden the, you know, the tavern guy, everyone's dead. Like, you get... A couple journals throughout the game, you know, little entries for well, some the of the only characters. one that survived. Jillian, is the barmaid. You get a, I think you can find a couple books of Jillian 
but she's dead. But and um, uh, Griswold Griswold the Smith is uh, is a zombie in Diablo two, and you yep. and you fight him. <laughs> to kill him. But there's there's a couple items named after him. And, yes. But but the only survivors from Diablo and also the three main characters of Diablo two, the warrior, the rogue, and the sorcerer, are bosses in. Di- I'm sorry, of Di- the three main characters of Diablo one are yes. bosses in Diablo two. They all become yes. corrupted by demons, and you have to kill them. But so the only survivors were Deckard Cain and Adria the Witch, and Cain's dead. And, and then Adria shows back a, up in Diablo a, three. Yeah, she and shows up, and she's a she was a servant of Diablo the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. It's just it's cool. It's yeah, it's service. it's. I mean, the, the story, like as you move through it, isn't that compelling or or unpredictable. But I mean, yeah, they having so a lot more to have story in this version of Diablo than the other two. Yeah, and it unfortunately did not do it any favors. But, but it, I thought it was fine. Whatever. It's no, fine. It's, That's it's, the thing. it's fine, fine, and and the callbacks are cool, but I don't think this it's such a of Diablo three as a game with a terrific story. It's it's well, fun. Yeah, it's fine. It's, it's not great. But the, and then so the thing is, at the end of the day, though, like this is made for replay replayability. If there was yeah. cutscenes that came or like heavy, like one of the most annoying things, and I've had this because I was going through with my crazy demon hunter, is destroying a boss before he can complete his conversation and what he's supposed to summon to ha- like. Like, there's stuff that's scripted to do. And so you're sitting there like, alright, well, you're dead, so... You're gonna disappear. And then, you like, you see the things start to, like, form on the ground, and you kill them before they even form. It's like... This is really awkward. Um, Yeah. And you're sitting there just, like, waiting. And so, the game is built to be streamlined, to not have those kind of interruptions, so you can enjoy the best parts of the game, which is the gameplay. Um, So I, I... I granted I did not play the other games, and so I don't know the changes. But I felt like this was the right amount of story. No, I'm with you. It's just that it's hilarious because there is much more story this time around than in previous incarnations. Yeah. Normally, it's... before it's you talk to someone about a quest that you just got, or about gossip. That's it, and then you would get a quest from someone and have a you know giant monologue about what you got to go do. That's it. That was it. And, and also, there's I think in Diablo two, there's maybe three or four side quests per act. But mm-hmm. in Diablo three, you can run into a dozen many different random quests. Yeah, it, it, each act, each act, and it's great. And but the one thing in Diablo three story that because it's good about callbacks, as Chris and I both went into detail on, uh, we only know I mentioned that we learned the fates of the first three Diablo one heroes in Diablo two, but we only hear about two of them in Diablo three. And we run into the necromancer. No, no, you don't. You run into his student. Is that is it officially a student? And I didn't he, men- he mentioned yeah, that his master. He mentioned that his master was one of the heroes that uh, that slew uh, that slew wow. Bale. Totally and, uh, skipped over that one. And also, it's we're pretty sure that the that um, they're adding necromancer classes in 2017 to Diablo three. We're pretty sure that those are two other students of of the Diablo. That would make sense, master. especially if you can be a, a female version. Yeah. And all, but we um in Act Five you meet the ghost of the sorceress if you play if you play as the wizard. Oh, so she's oh so she's interesting. Dead. Mm. Her name's Isendra and she's dead. <laughs> Thank you for her name. I love that. Yep. Oh, and also the Diablo Two necromancer is named Zul, based on his uh, Heroes of the Storm character model. I didn't know that. See, I warned Ooh. everybody at the beginning of the podcast that Mike. Yeah, no, I can talk about. Off. I can talk about Diablo forever. It's uh. See, it's weird because I, I can like I can quote 
random things of Diablo One. I just don't have the <laughs> random lore that you get. No, I, and I, and I haven't read any of the Diablo novelizations, and there are novels there's about a bunch, Diablo. Yeah. There's a there's a bunch, but there's um in in general Diablo two and three both have a ton of lore from just items that yes. you can pick up, and I've read and remember a lot of them, but it's uh yeah the, the story I don't think there's a ton of story that's awesome in Diablo three, but the Diablo series as a, as a whole has a lot of really cool lore. Yeah, and I, a lot of lore. It's the I, I devour a lot of it. It's, it's so yep. fantastic around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you know we talked about the art style. Uh, I actually do dig it. You know that was one of the many things that leading up to the game people were upset about. Thought it was too cartoony, but I think the art style is great, especially with the obscene amount of gore that it's paired with. Well, the so best... even if you think someone's a little too cartoony, and then you cut it in half, and all of a sudden everything is just blood. You're like, okay, okay. The best part for you me learned. was I was coming from Torchlight, and I was like, oh, it's so cartoony. I was like, really? Yeah, I know. That is the interesting part. That, is that, you... doesn't, that doesn't seem cartoony at all to me. Because <laughs> also, early on, when people were upset with Diablo 3, all the forums would just be like, just play Torchlight 2. It's what you really want. And now, no <laughs> one plays that yeah. game. Yeah, Torchlight 2 is more similar to Diablo 2, gameplay-wise, than Diablo 3 is. But Diablo 3 is just... It's they just take, a game. Yeah, they, they, they take the moment-to-moment action and the loot design yes, and quest design... To a total another level. Like I don't need to play Diablo two ever again because if I want to play Diablo two again, I'll play Torchlight two. But I would rather play more Diablo three than Torchlight two. And I should say I love Torchlight two, but Diablo three is just next level great yeah. as a, as a loot action RPG. For the record, if you had talked about Torchlight two being T two, we could have talked about Terminator two for a while. So I'm kind of disappointed sure. in you now. Now, well, or I could call so, it TL two. Or... Then, then we could have wrapped. We could started the show with my ducks and ended up with Terminator, and that would have been fantastic. That would have been unbelievably cool to like 1993 me. Yeah, right. I was gonna say maybe. Yeah, it's like did one of the Mighty Ducks release dates line up with Judgment Day in the Terminator timeline? Because that would be. Amazing. Oh, I don't. I. I <laughs> that I'm not that D three totally brings around the end of the world. <laughs> That's really the subplot that we need to. It was a knuckle puck. <laughs> it was a knuckle puck. Well, for, for both Terminator franchises, for both franchises, the, the second one was the most fun, and the third one was a bit disappointing. Uh, you know, I still have never seen the third Mighty Ducks film. Don't know if yeah, I have to though. They go to they go to college, and there's a bunch of coach drama. Of course. And uh, yeah, Julie the cat is a Type A personality, straight A student. Of course. Of course. <laughs> I remember the movies. I don't remember that well. Josh, <laughs> yeah, I, Josh is just impressed. Yeah, my, my guys, my memory is a little bit weird with details of games I've played and movies I've seen. You should know this by now. I like purposely, I think, yeah. forced that out of my brain. <laughs> I I remember things I don't necessarily want to remember, and and you know I would be I would be taking like a fluid mechanics class in college, and I can't remember every. Re- Equation perfectly, but I definitely remember Julie the Cat's role in the D- in the Mighty Ducks three movie. Isn't that the worst when you're in the conversation and you're trying to remember some very important piece of like World War One history, super mm-hmm. nuanced, and you can't, and yet you remember like the weird hairstyles of a Final Fantasy thirteen game and every outfit and detail and every boss. And you're like, you know what? Sometimes, sometimes I wish my memory was more selective about the things. Outside of the game space, but no. no. If we're talking about games and ruining history, the worst is when you're in a history class and you're trying to remember something about a world war 
and all you can think of is resistance history. You're like, <laughs> crap, was that actually God, real? Guys, Did they make guys, that part up? Guys, the Chimera invasion was crucial in defining global politics going forward like, after the 1950s. Should, I wonder how should I, I bring that up? My teacher be upset. How amazing would that be if the teacher was, <laughs> was like, well, actually, if you remember, Joseph's journey on the river, and you're like, yes, best friend forever. You got to make sure if you're like, if you're taking a test on Dante's Divine Comedy, not to mix up his version of Hell's with Diablo's version of Hell, because it's not exactly the same. Oh, really? Well, interesting. <laughs> Maybe and, they should do that for an event, though. Do the uh, do every level in the dungeon as a different layer. Oh, different! One of the different uh, nine oh, yeah. circles. Yeah, do a different circle and so really true. go all out with it. So make and, a and have the uh, have the final boss burn. be the have the final boss be Satan and the four betrayers in the ninth circle. Yeah, in the teeth. Yeah, that'd be mm-hmm. great. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So now that it, we've it, gone it's Judas, Cassius, fully, and uh, oh, never mind. Sorry. Fully, fully off the rails. <laughs> I, I think we are on a different train. That that is the ultimate indication that we need to cut this. Um, so, like I said at the beginning of the show, we'll we'll get into a lot of we've we've hinted at a lot of the end game stuff and a lot of cool stuff that you can find in the game. We'll obviously talk about it in the next podcast. We'll wrap up this game. So there's we'll figure out if we can actually beat Diablo. Spoiler: There's a decent chance we probably can. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll get to all that in the next episode. Um, in the meantime, December's rolling around. Um, so we are going to... We actually decided right before the podcast. Um, one We're of the recording games this in November, but, but this game, this episode is going to come out in December. Thank you. <laughs> I, I always choose to just ignore the time difference. Um, so it's good that you mentioned that. Um, we decided right before the podcast that one of the games we'll be covering in December will be Rogue Legacy. Because it's awesome. It's fantastic. Yeah. But there's probably just going to be one episode on Rogue Legacy, yeah. right? Yeah, so we're going to do one episode for Rogue Legacy. There's going to be a second Rogue-like that we are going to cover. We have not decided. We'll have more news episode. for that when we record the second episode of Diablo. Um, so I'll just leave you waiting, hoping that something that you want. <laughs> um, yeah, if between this being posted, even though we record the second one before this, you can actually reach out to us on Twitter or on the boards at RPGFan.com or to the email of retro at RPGFan.com, you might be able to sway the decision. Um, it's possible. If not, we love hearing from you anyways, so please reach out to us. Yes, please. Um, but I think that's going to do it for us for now. Um... Mike, could you close the show with a random Diablo fact, please? Uh, uh sure. Okay. Um, I got you covered. Okay. I was thinking, I'm trying to think of all the voice lines when you clicked on characters in Diablo 1. Adria was, I sense a soul in search of answers. Uh, Pippin the Healer was, what ails you, my friend? Ogden would say, welcome friend, I think? Oh, no, it was a... Greetings, Master. Welcome to the Tavern of the Rising Sun. Griswold was, well, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? Well, what can I do for you? Uh, yeah, I sense a soul in search of answers. God, I remember all the cadences. It's and so I, crazy how much is in my head. But and, I can't remember on, what Jillian on. says. Screw Jillian. Hit us with the <laughs> cane. Come on. 
Hello, my friends. Stay a while and listen. That's my best attempt at Deckard. It's so bad. <laughs> the podcast better, will never better get better than, than that. So we never are going better. to end there. Thank you <laughs> very much for listening. Oh, Please God. join us for the okay. second episode. To every three. casting director, that is not a good example of my <laughs> Here, here's, here's my Diablo 3 fact. One of the Witch Doctor sets lets you turn into an exploding chicken that gets stronger with every explosion. Good night, Wisconsin! <laughs> <laughs>